Chapter 15 of Life of Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gillian Hendry. Life of Luther by Gustav A. Just. The Augsburg Confession. 1. The Drafting of the Confession. In 1530, Charles V assembled a diet at Augsburg. Contrary to common expectation, his proclamation was very friendly, saying that in this assembly all animosity was to be put aside and everyone's views were to be heard in all love and kindness. Elector John the Steadfast thereupon commissioned his theologians to draw up a brief and clear summary of the principal doctrines of evangelical truth that he and his party might be ready to confess their faith and their hope in a clear and unmistakable manner. The theologians carried out this order and drew up a document upon the basis of 17 articles composed by Luther at an earlier date. In April of 1530, Elector John, together with Luther, Melanchthon, Spalatin, Jonas and Agricola, started off for Augsburg to fight a good fight. As the ban of the empire was still in force against Luther, and the city of Augsburg had protested against his coming, the elector had taken him to the fortress Coburg on the morning of the 23rd of April, that, in case of necessity, he might be near at hand. Luther complied, although very unwillingly. In order not to expose the elector to any danger, the theologians requested him also to remain away, and offered to go to Augsburg alone, and give an account of their teachings. But the elector answered courageously, God forbid that I should be excluded from your company. I will confess my Lord Christ with you. Catholic estates, both spiritual and temporal lords, among them Dr. Eck and Faber, were travelling the same road. In Augsburg, Melanchthon again set to work, and in agreement with Luther and the other confessors, completed the writing out of the confession. He then sent a copy of it to Luther at Coburg for inspection. When returning it, Luther wrote, I am well pleased with it, and cannot see that I could improve or change it, nor would it be proper for me to attempt this, for I cannot step so softly and gently. Christ our Lord grant that it may bring forth rich abundance of precious fruit. That is our hope and prayer. Amen. This is the origin of the confession, which is known as the Augsburg Confession. It is a pure, correct, and irrefutable confession of the divine truths of Holy Scripture. Therefore, it is also the holy banner around which all true Lutherans everywhere gather, and to this day the Lutheran Church acknowledges only those as its members who accept the unaltered Augsburg Confession in all its articles, without any exception. 2. Heroism of the Lutheran Princes Slowly, the Emperor finally approached the city of Augsburg, where the assembled estates were expectantly waiting for him. In great pomp, he entered the city on the 15th of June, followed by his brother Ferdinand and many other princes. With amazement, he at once noticed how great the contrast had grown in the nine years between the Catholics and the Protestants. For when, at the entrance of the emperor, the papal legate blessed the princes and all others kneeled down in the customary fashion, the princes of Saxony and Hesse remained standing.
and when on the same evening the emperor demanded of the evangelical princes that on the following day they should take part in the great corpus christi procession they declared that by their participation they were not minded to encourage such human ordinances which were evidently contrary to the word of god and the command of christ upon this occasion margrave george of brandenburg uttered these heroic words rather than deny my god and his gospel i would kneel here before your imperial majesty and have my head cut from my body the emperor graciously replied dear prince not head off not head off three signing the confession so the ever-memorable day the twenty-fourth of june approached on which the little band of lutheran confessors were to confess the lord christ before the emperor and the diet on the evening before elector john invited his brethren in the faith to his lodgings at the upper end of a long table sat the elector he arose and the rest followed him in his hand was a roll of manuscript he seized a pen and subscribed his name with a firm hand in doing so he said may almighty god grant us his grace continually that all may redound to his glory and praise in fervent words he admonished those present to stand firm saying all counsels that are against god must fail and the good cause will without doubt finally triumph now the others also signed the confession after the prince of anhalt a right chivalrous lord had signed he cried with flashing eyes i have been in many a fray to please others why should i not saddle my horse if it is necessary in honour of my lord and saviour and sacrificing life and limb hurry into heavenly life to receive the eternal crown of glory the meeting closed with a fervent prayer for blessing and success on the coming day luther in the meantime remained at coburg but in spirit he participated in the holy cause at augsburg every day he spent three hours in prayer for the victory of the beloved gospel he was continually crying to god to preserve the brethren in true faith and sound doctrine in hours of anxiety and trial he wrote on the walls of his room with his own hands the precious words of the one hundred and eighteenth psalm i shall not die but live and declare the works of the lord he addressed many consoling letters to the confessors in which he admonished them to constancy at this time there lived in his own heart that trust in god which he had expressed in his heroic song a mighty fortress is our god four submittal and reception of the confession on saturday the twenty fifth of june fifteen thirty at three o'clock in the afternoon the diet assembled in the episcopal palace where the confession was to be read the german emperor presided and the highest dignitaries of the roman empire had gathered to hear the confession then the evangelical confessors arose cheerfully and in their name the two electoral chancellors dr brooke and dr bayer stepped into the centre of the room the first with a latin the latter with a german copy of the confession when the emperor demanded that the latin copy should be read elector john replied upon german ground and soil it is but fair to read and hear the german tongue the emperor permitted it 
and now Dr. Byer began to read in a loud and audible voice, so that even the assembled multitude without in the courtyard could plainly understand every word of the confession. Everyone was deeply touched by it. The learned Catholic Bishop of Augsburg publicly admitted, Everything that was read is the pure, unadulterated, undeniable truth. Duke William of Bavaria pressed the hand of Elector John in a friendly manner, and said to Dr. Eck, who was standing close by, I have been told something entirely different of Luther's doctrine than I have now heard from the confession. You have also assured me that their doctrine could be refuted. Eck replied, I would undertake to refute it with the fathers, but not with the scriptures. Thereupon the duke rejoined, I understand, then, that the Lutherans sit entrenched in the scriptures, and we are on the outside. Luther wrote to one of his friends, You have confessed Christ and offered peace. You have worthily engaged in the holy work of God, as becometh the saints. Now for once rejoice in the Lord also, and be glad, ye righteous. Look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Spalatine said that such a confession had not been made since the world exists. Matesius also aptly testifies, There has not been a greater and higher work and a more glorious testimony since the days of the apostles than this at Augsburg before the whole Roman Empire. Very soon the confession was translated in many different languages and spread in every land. Thereby, many received true information on the Lutheran doctrine, recognized its entire agreement with Holy Scriptures and with the doctrine of the Apostolic Church, and joyfully accepted it as their own. At the Emperor's command, the papal theologians at once drew up a paper in which they tried to refute the Augsburg Confession. This document, called Confutation, proved to be such a miserable failure that it had to be returned for revision. Melanchthon then wrote an excellent defence of the confession, the Apology, which, however, the emperor would neither receive nor permit to be read. He simply declared the case to be closed, and said, If the evangelical princes will not submit, then I, the protector of the Roman Church, am not disposed to permit a schism of the Church in Germany. Before the close of the Diet, he issued a severe edict, which granted the evangelicals six months to consider matters, and commanded them before the expiration of this time to return to the Catholic Church. Thereupon the faithful confessors declared that because they had not received a thorough refutation from the word of God, they were determined to abide by the faith of the prophets and apostles, and everything else they would commend to the gracious will of God. When taking leave of the emperor, Elector John, rightly called the Steadfast, spoke the memorable words, I am sure that the doctrine contained in the confession will stand even against the gates of hell. The emperor answered, Uncle, uncle, I did not expect to hear such words from your grace. You will lose your electoral crown and your life, and your subjects will perish together with their women and children. End of chapter 15